to this virtual liturgy of our Monday Thursday service. Uh, my name is Pastor Ben Adams, and I want to start by uh, just thanking Bobby and Beth and John for your musical offerings here tonight. Uh, what beauty to welcome us into this holiest of three days that we're embarking upon together. A few notes, if you are new to Zoom, uh, or if it's something that is still a bit uh, unfamiliar to you, um, we invite you to worship tonight using the gallery view feature. So that'll be up in the upper right-hand corner of your screen. Uh, there's two ways to view, speaker view or gallery view. And I think when we worship in gallery view, we can see the breadth and the fullness of the community that's gathered here tonight to worship together. And so I think that just brings us in closer uh, to one another, even as we are socially distanced from one another. The other thing is to note that um, everyone will be muted tonight. Um, but there will be one opportunity during our prayers of intercession for you to unmute and to uh, name your prayers that you'd like to lift up here tonight. And that feature is down in your left-hand corner of your screen uh, where you can unmute yourself, announce your prayer uh, to the community, and then to remute yourself following that. So we continue now with our confession and forgiveness. 
Friends in Christ, in this Lenten season, we have heard our Lord's call to struggle against sin, death, and the devil, all that keeps us from loving God and each other. This is the struggle to which we are called at baptism. Within the community of the church, God never wearies of forgiving sin and giving the peace of reconciliation. On this night, let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor and enter the celebration of the great three days, reconciled with God and with one another. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For self-centered living and for failing to walk with humility and gentleness, holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For longing to have what is not ours and for hearts that are not at rest with ourselves, holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For misuse of human relationships and for unwillingness to see the image of God in others, holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For jealousies that divide families and nations and for rivalries that create strife and warfare, holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For reluctance in sharing the gifts of God and for carelessness with the fruits of creation. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. For hurtful words that condemn and for angry deeds that harm. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us for idleness in witnessing to Jesus Christ, and for squandering the gifts of love and grace. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
glory in the cross of Christ, for he is our salvation, our life, and our resurrection. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, and also with you. Let us pray. Holy God, source of all love, on the night of his betrayal, Jesus gave us a new commandment, to love one another as he loves us. Write this commandment in our hearts and give us the will to serve others as he was the servant of all. Your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb to each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb the same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generation, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Word of God. Word of life. Thanks be to God. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and listened to my supplication. For the Lord has given ear to me whenever I called. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things God has done for me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. 
Precious in your sight, O Lord, is the death of your servants. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. A reading from 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God got up from the table took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him he came to Simon Peter who said to him Lord Are you going to wash my feet? 
Jesus answered, you do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you will have no share of me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And for this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, he put on his robe and had returned to the table. He said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a farewell meal. Whether the disciples grasp the enormity of it all, Jesus does. John makes that much clearer. Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them. Then Jesus turns words into action and washes the disciples' feet. His I love you also means goodbye. And with this act of love, comes words that echo through the ages and words that we hear in a radically new way tonight. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. Words become deeds. We see great love and sacrifice these days. One doctor in Washington state writes that on the front lines of a pandemic, I love you can mean goodbye. As he writes, I love you, says a, says a female colleague of mine to her newborn baby after she tests positive for COVID-19 and has to self-isolate at home. I love you, says an emergency room physician to his family before a breathing tube is inserted into his airway and his coworkers descend upon his body, working to save his life. The emotional struggle shattering the aura of invincibility we often fill as healthcare providers. I love you, says husband to wife, both of them ill from coronavirus, hospitalized in adjacent rooms. Their eyes meet as he is rolled away to the intensive care unit for mechanical ventilation, 
as his condition rapidly worsens. It is possibly the last time they will see each other alive. Their exchange of I love you may be the last words they ever say to one another. Behind the gowns, masks, and goggles, he goes on to write, there are no dry eyes among the nurses, respiratory therapists, and doctors who have fought so hard to support him as they watch him get wheeled down the hall and out of sight. He goes on, an older woman, her lungs filling with pus and inflammation, struggles to say I love you to her grandsons via video chat. The virus is too, contag too contagious for an in-person goodbye. She's breathing hard and visibly distressed. Both her doctor, who is a nurse, and I ask her to let us increase the dose of medications that will make her comfortable but sedated. She refuses for now, as she wants to have a little more time with her grandsons to ask them about their homework. I hear the patient's daughter explaining to her boys that grandma is going to heaven and they won't see her again. I walk closer to give her a hug as I have done for many other dying patients. But I stop myself. The simple act of empathy as a healthcare provider, as a human being, carries too much risk of transmission. Monday Thursday is the day our liturgy usually includes the most touch, the most physical, intimate contact. Pastors lay hands on the head of worshipers announcing forgiveness and reconciliation. We stoop low to wash one another's feet. We share a handshake, a kiss, an embrace as a greeting of peace. And then we share a meal of bread and wine, the bread server often touching your hands in a moment of holy intimacy. And then many of us drinking from a common cup as a sign of unity. Yet this year, our rituals are curtailed and we partake, partake via a screen, reflecting on love, servanthood, and touch in limited yet new ways. In these bizarre days, when we are afraid to touch or come near one another, we remember Jesus who touched those most vulnerable, touched those most marginalized, touched those most contaminated. His bodily touch was a sign of God's boundless mercy for all who suffer. His very life, a picture of the foot washing and acts of service he calls us to embody. How we long to be together, to share the Eucharist, to embrace, to hold a hand, even as we give thanks for those on the front line, being signs of compassion for those who are sick, those who are dying, those who are isolated, those who are alone. Thanks to technology, priests, and pastors are offering rituals for the dying through an iPad or a phone, trusting that words of comfort 
will offer a virtual sign of God's grace for those who will transition from life to death. Now, some call this virus the great equalizer. After all, England's prime minister contracted it. Yet in this city and across the nation, there is a disproportionate number of cases and deaths among African-Americans and Latinx. Those whose health is most fragile, those who need to take public transportation, those still working and serving are those most vulnerable and suffering the most. During these liturgies of the three days, we are always in the midst of death and life, but perhaps for most of us, more so this year than at any time in our lives. We find in Jesus death and resurrection, the sign of love and mercy. Pause now and reflect on some images. I recently learned of a new liturgy made available to Lutherans called the rite of preparing the body for burial. Close family or friends and often a pastor attend to the body of the deceased, washing it and anointing it with lotions and oils. The rite was prepared, for pa the rite was prepared by Pastor Becky Lorman for a class in worship taught by Holy Trinity member Ben Stewart at the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago. Becky and her husband Marcus attended Holy Trinity a number of years ago when Marcus was a seminarian. In a time when many of us are afraid of dead bodies and we often whisk them off to be cremated, this rite helps us honor the body in death as we do in life. My brother used it following the death of his wife about a month ago and found it so immensely healing. I share some of the texts as they hold up the power of touch, even when we cannot wash feet together this night, and many people around the world cannot vigil with their loved ones as they die. These powerful texts remind us of, of the goodness of our bodies and the importance of the body and all our five senses in liturgy and in life. So before the washing, there are these words, 
when Jesus encountered a man born blind, he sent him to wash in a pool of healing. When Jesus was preparing for his own death, he knelt down and washed the feet of his disciples and then taught them to love one another. On the way to Jerusalem, Mary, the sister of Martha, anointed Jesus with costly perfume. For thousands of years, people have been washed in God's waters of grace and clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Then what follows is a blessing and making the cross on the body. It's similar to a blessing we use for adults when they prepare for baptism. How beautifully they remind us of the precious gift of life that we experience day by day, even as we give thanks for someone who has died. And after each anointing comes the words, you belong to Christ in whom you, are been, in whom you have been baptized. Over the eyes, the leader prays, all that Susan's eyes have seen in this life, O oh God, we commend to you. Over the, ear, over the ears, all that Robert's ears have heard in this life, O oh God, we commend to you. Over the mouth, all that Sally's tongue has tasted and all the words that her mouth has spoken in this life, O oh God, we commend to you. Over the hands, all the work that Peter's hands have done in this life, O oh God, we commend to you. Over the feet, all the journeys of Sharon's pilgrimage on this earth, O oh God, we commend to you. And finally, over the forehead, this life, baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, we commend to you. Jesus loved them to the end. Jesus loves us to the end and calls us to follow his example of servanthood. Whether or not we wash feet ritually tonight, we recommit ourselves to honoring and caring for bodies, our own and those of others, especially those most vulnerable. For in such acts of love and service, Easter is already dawning. Amen.
united with Christians around the globe on this Maundy Thursday. Let us pray for the church, the earth, our troubled world, and all in need, responding to each petition with the words, your mercy is great. Blessed are you, holy God, for the church. Gather all the baptized around your presence in the word. Strengthen the body of your people, even when we cannot assemble for worship. Grant bishops, pastors, deacons, musicians, and all worship leaders faithfulness and creativity for their ministry in this time, and accompany those preparing for baptism. Hear us, holy God. Your mercy is great. Blessed are you, bountiful God, for this good earth and for the flowering of springtime. Save dry lands from destructive droughts. Protect the waters from pollution. Allow in this time the planting of fields for food. Make us into caregivers of your plants and animals. Hear us, bountiful God. Your mercy is great. Blessed are you, sovereign God, for our nation. Inspire all people to live in peace and concord. Grant wisdom and courage to heads of state and to legislators as they face the coronavirus. Lead our elected officials to champion the cause of the needy. Hear us, sovereign God. Your mercy is great. Blessed are you, faithful God, for you accompany suffering humanity with love. Abide wherever the coronavirus has struck. Visit all who mourn their dead, all who have contracted the virus, those who are quarantined or stranded away from home, those who have lost their employment, those who fear the present and the future. Support physicians, nurses, and home health aides, medical researchers, and the World Health Organization. Hear us, faithful God. Your mercy is great. Blessed are you, gracious God, for your care for the needy. We beg you to feed the hungry, protect the refugee, embrace the distressed, house the homeless, nurse the sick, and comfort the dying. We remember especially those we name before you now. You may unmute yourself and then mute again. Anne, Larry, Matthew, Amy, Jennifer, Laura, Mary, my daughter Lynette, Mark, Van Cheryl, Karen, Tony, Myrna Esser, Mark, Nancy. Jeremy's choir member. Hear us, gracious we God. Your mercy is great. Blessed are you, loving God, that your son knelt before us, your unworthy servants. Preserve our lives, comfort our anxiety, and receive now the petitions of our hearts. Hear us, loving God. Your mercy is great. Blessed are you, eternal God, for all who have died in the faith, especially the martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer, whom we commemorate today, and those whom we name before you here. 
for David. At the end, bring us with them into your everlasting glory. Hear us, eternal God. Your mercy is great. Receive, merciful God, our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ, the host of our meal of life, who died and rose, that we might live with you now and forever. Amen. Before we share the peace, and the Lord's Prayer together, a uh, quick announcement that our offering tonight on Monday, Thursday is designated for those that are poor or in special needs. So if you are considering a gift on this Monday, Thursday night, you can donate online at holytrinitychicago.org. Um, and we have options to donate towards ELCA World Hunger or Disaster Response, our Elvina Mullen uh, Social Justice Fund, which is now helping with uh, coronavirus emergency needs, and the Holy Trinity General Fund as we continue our work of justice and restoration in our community and in our city. And I invite you to gallery view and to share a sign of peace with one another. May the peace of Christ be with you always and also with you. Peace, everyone. Peace. Peace. Peace, everybody. <laughs> Peace. For our Sunday morning services, we have generally been saying the Lord's Prayer together, but since tonight's Lord's Prayer is sung, we will invite you to remain on mute as we sing that. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, my God, my Savior, by day and night I cry to you. Let my prayer enter into your presence. Incline your ear to my lamentation. For I am full of trouble. Is at the brink of the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I have become like one who has no strength. Lost among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more. 
you hidden your face from me? Ever since my youth, I have been wretched and at the point of death. I have borne your terrors and unhappiness. Your blazing anger has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They surround me all day long like a flood. They encompass me on every side. My friend and my neighbor you have put away from me. And the darkness is my only 